Coming to you from an old cruise ship lost at sea. The horror. <laughs> it's the little podcast of horrors with James, Christina, and Chris. Welcome to episode three. Episode trace. Of the little podcast of horrors. I'm so glad you said it right this time. <laughs> well, now that now that you properly informed me on I'm I'm better prepared for the theme this time. Yeah. So you're going to be giving the story on this episode. Yes. I, James, with my co-host, Chris and Christina, shall be uh, tantalizing your mind with a tale of wonder. So, uh, oh, and and, and starting today's episode off, I am... uh, you know, getting into Halloween spirit by drinking a nice uh, pumpkin coffee ale. Ooh, that sounds Ooh, really good. That does yeah. sound good. Yeah, so we can get more into the Halloween spirit here. So he can he can tantalize us with his sexy story. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I figured since we've covered hauntings and uh, very depressing murders, <laughs> that uh, we we kind of take off a different different branch this round for our third episode. And uh, what this is going to be a little bit more of a, a positive note. With that, we open it with a question: Did you know that there is a benevolent space fleet circling the Earth as we speak? I did not know that. Is it and the Pleiadians? It it is not. Oh, okay. Uh, though you may call them that if you so wish. Oh, they don't. They don't care what they're called, huh? But this, uh, I mean, this... To, to us, we to them, we would be the aliens. Well, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so this space fleet, which is, uh, it's an invisible space fleet, by the way. Um, it of can be it visible. Is. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be visible. It can appear, um, as tiny as an orb, as large as a mothership. It could be multiple places at once. There's all kinds of different ships, and these are, these are interdimensional beings. So they're not quite bound to our normal laws of physics as we understand them but in in any case the point is this uh benevolent space fleet is is at all times circling the earth uh and they're at the ready to help us ascend to our next stage of evolution and you know they kind of have a a prime directive this thing going on where they don't get in the way but makes uh, sense in, in the event in the events that uh we really screw up and start to annihilate ourselves as we are prone to do they will intervene so 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 it's a, so it's a hopeful note you know as crazy as things have been the past few years you know don't worry we got some we got some guardian space angels out there looking after us in case they guardian. get too dark why guardian. do they want to help us well we're 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 gonna get they're guardian space angels okay. what else are they gonna do but but the, <laughs> but the core it. message here is is things are things are gonna be all right we just uh, we just have to keep trucking along and and trust you know this uh, space fleet to look after us. And then the the, the guardian oh. space angels with the invisible space fleet, but not always invisible, will come and save the day. Yes, yes. Now you're catching on. Uh, well, yeah, I'm 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 here. All right. So this our, our story begins in uh, with a gentleman by the name of George Van Tassel. 
He was born in 1910 and lived until 1978. So, so George here, he's going to be more of uh, a bit of a footnote in our episode today, but we could probably do an entire episode on just this guy alone. But, uh, but George is one of the founding fathers, if you will, of uh, what, what we nowadays call uh, modern religious ufologies. So a cult. I was thinking a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris, yeah. So a cult. That's what the we word call is it. UFOlogy, which is a word that bothers me, by the way, because like UFOs and acronyms. Are we saying it's a that, that that this is an unidentified flying objectology? Because that's just that's 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 a awkward phrasing. But anyway, he, he's the father of UFOlogies, which is to say you know, beliefs that kind of mix a little bit of science with your pseudo borderline religion, you know, what, what have like? you. Do you know what that sounds like? A cult. A ufology. A cult. Uh, p- potato, potato. Ufology, so, cult. Cult, ufology. Is he in any way associated with L. Ron Hubbard? He is not. Oh. So to my knowledge thus far. Sound like but, uh, they would run in the same circles. <laughs> in, indeed, indeed. But uh, old George here, um, with his old-timey ufology, uh, his story pick really gets going when he moves to Giant Rock out in the Mojave Desert. Wait, what? There's a place in the Mojave Desert just called Giant Rock? Yes. Makes sense. So it's here that he established basically the first large ufo center and it became the most successful ufo meeting center um, of history to date so this guy this guy made his big splash in and a giant rock a giant rock well in the desert what got him into this though like did he see ufos in the desert or like what's his deal I'm not sure. Uh, That's, again, where we can probably just make an episode on this guy. I don't know a ton of his... My knowledge of his story begins with this UFO center. Perhaps he just went out into the Mojave Desert and he he found, there is a giant rock. And I shall call it Giant Rock. (laughs) Because obviously (laughs) it was dropped by space angels from an invisible fleet. Come and join us in Frolic. Okay, I like that backstory. I accept it. So this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, this, this giant rock UFO meeting center, uh, you know, becomes the the hippest of all time, if you will. By 1959, there were 11,000 attendees coming to this thing, and they would come to listen to messages that were channeled from space. Oh snap! Space. Okay. So so you know you've heard of your your channelers, right? Your people mm-hmm. who connect to the spirit realm and channel your your dad, grandpa. Well, what about if they channel space aliens instead? This yeah. is what they're doing. I mean, it makes sense, you know. Maybe, well, maybe dead grandpa's busy. ET there's a, the transmission. <laughs> there's a lady on YouTube, Rocka something. She claims to channel the Pleiadians. That's where I. I got oh. that name from because I actually hadn't heard of Pleiadians. That would, I saw her. you know what though? That would suck if it was the other way around. You know, like if aliens were channeling us. Like you're just going to the market one day and you're like, "Come on, come on!" Like what the hell? What 
What is that? <laughs> Anybody else hear this? Galarg from Belotion 12. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we're evolved enough to be cool to channel for anyone else. We're not interesting. They don't want to be in our brains. Right, right. They're trying to help us, not the other way around. Yeah, what would we say through them? Like, fire Yeah, you get some dude like, make America great again. And aliens would be like, we don't want to help anymore. (laughs) 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 All right, so 11,000 attendees hearing some channel messages from space. So it begins. So from here... Um, now that he's got this, you know, crowd of attendees and followers, if you will, he establishes this group, this organization, this club, what have you, called the Ministry of Universal Wisdom in 1953. I would have just called it rocking out at the rock, talking to aliens. Yeah, I, I, I would have been down. I, I would have gone to that. That's the title I could get behind. But this is this is 53. And they had already had a couple of such groups kind of uh, you know, sprouting out of this giant rock convention thing. So this was the culmination of them into like a cohesive group or ministry, if you will, of universal wisdom. So what's the ministry of universal wisdom, you might ask? So it basically investigated and encouraged healing arts as sort of a side thing, but its primary thing, its, it's, it's go-to, its reason for existing, was to collect and analyze UFO phenomena and to go find you know UFO contactees and interview them. So they were kind of an investiga- investigatory group, if you will. And then they do like chakra healing and balancing on the side. Yeah, apparently the the, the <laughs> healing arts was kind of the, a side focus, not the main, not the main attraction, but they'll do some healing stuff. Sure, why not? See, did how, the healing did, art? Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, did did they have like commercials? Like, have you been probed? <laughs> have you been talking oh, to damn. aliens? Well, if you have, you might want to talk to our people. Oh no, no, no. These these are specifically not the kind of aliens that would probe you. That, that that's the more good news. There's there's no probing. Oh, good. No abductions. I no mean, that, that, that's these, a these plus. are chill aliens. I do have about the healing arts. Do they did they do that because it helps people channel the aliens if they're like balanced and well? Hell, if I know. Okay. <laughs> no rhyme or reason. <laughs> it was just a side note. What I was what I was uh, researching about them. I'm reaching too hard to try to find a connection. I'll let it be. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's another aspect. Of, like, this topic is so big. Like, we could easily make a series on, on this whole thing. So, uh, but you, our Ministry of Universal Wisdom, they taught that all humans have the power to tap into the universal mind of God. Okay. And... You tap into the universal mind of God to facilitate humanity's evolutionary progress. Like, you are here on the scale. What? Oh, okay, that's where we're at. 
Good. Good <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, so basically, uh, tapping into this universal mind of God will help you uh, evolve to a level of the likes of uh, major figures in this movement, such as Jesus and Ashtar, who we'll be talking about shortly. Ashtar. But, but, but two, two prime examples of evolved humans that have touched the universal mind of God. Explains a lot about Jesus. That's that's some helpful information. I, I yeah, suppose. totally. Ashtar okay. sounds. I, I was got to say, Ashtar sounds like a spokesperson for a cigarette commercial. I'm just saying, or a cigarette. Well, company. well, we'll 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 get to Ashtar. <laughs> but uh, so so basically, the the this ministry, their main teaching was that all humans have the power to tap into the universal mind of God. And that you tap into this universal mind to facilitate your evolution. And some examples of some individuals who have done this already would be Jesus and Ashtar, who we will be talking about shortly. So how do you do it? Just like a crap ton of meditation? Oh, I'm (laughs) glad you asked. We will be talking quite a bit about that. You had to ask. I'm ready to talk to Ashtar. I, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well, one must have patience when it comes to talking to Ashtar. So, so anywho, back to this whole uh, universal mind of God thing. Our boy George. Uh, he... Not to be confused with the awesome singer. <laughs> right. Our, boy, our, our, our gentleman George uh, found that he could tap into the universal mind of God to contact dead humans. Uh, one in particular of which was Nikola Tesla. Just side note. Very specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once you tap into the universal mind of God, I mean, it's pretty useful. He's still working hard in the afterlife. Yeah, one would presume. <laughs> because... Current going. Yeah, because Tesla told George to build an integration machine. And this, the purpose of this machine would be to expand humanity's lifespan and unlock the ability to for each of us to access both past and future knowledge. Past cool. and stuff. Wow. Like a, okay. A, a time machine. <laughs> but in your an, mind. An integration machine. Integrating with time. Yes. Okay, cool. Did he do it? Uh, So anyway, that's the end of that story. We just keep (laughs) moving on. That was another side note. Just FYI. That's it. That's that's all there is to it. Nothing more. We don't don't know if he built a machine. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we do because we don't live longer. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have... Very limited past knowledge and absolute zero future knowledge. So I'm pretty sure the machine yeah. uh, didn't didn't pull through. Dang which it! Is why I don't have more information on it. Oh yeah, yeah George did die the... in his 60s or something, didn't he? 1978. Yeah, so he, and he was born 1910, oh. so that made him 68, probably 67, unless he got past his birthday. Yeah, yeah. I guess he didn't build a machine in time. Maybe Nikola Tesla needed to talk to another scientist. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just An engineer. Get back to maybe, maybe don't pick a guy 
who goes out to the Mojave Desert to a big rock and can't even think of a better name other than calling it Big Rock. Well, like, that's what I was thinking. Okay, so if I talk to Nikola Tesla, okay, and he tells me to build some integration machine, there's no way my French major ass could <laughs> build this integration machine. So maybe he needs to talk to an engineer or something. For real. <laughs> I've made contact. He's a gardener. Shit. <laughs> He's not going to understand anything I'm trying to tell him. Well, unfortunately, you know, at this point, beggars can't be choosers. It's not like there's... You know, just channelers all over the place to chat with. Yeah, you kind of get who channels you. That's who you get. And well, and I don't think a lot of scientists are trying to channel the dead. So, no. <laughs> yeah, it's unlikely, I guess. And that's why we can't have nice things because <laughs> we can't get our scientists to channel the dead. Beggars can't so be No integration machine for us. No expanded lifetimes for us. Sorry, guys. Okay, if if any scientists end up listening to this, please start channeling and figure out how to make this integration machine. Yes. I we all want hear, eternal life. It's the yeah. future knowledge. I suddenly hear a collective <laughs> no. A collective eye roll just yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah. So to basically the uh you know, I, I mentioned Jesus being one of the examples of the uh you know, evolved beings. So, so a little bit more on that. So George believed that the Bible was basically a set of scriptures that told of extraterrestrial intervention in humanity. And by extension, he believed that Jesus was a being from outer space. This has got a real ancient aliens vibe. But before ancient aliens became cool. I mean, this he was, yeah. he was ahead of his time. He was. Aliens. You know, I actually remember when I was a kid learning about, well, I would say learning. Uh, I remember quickly hearing about the conspiracy theory that one of the passages in the Bible is actually describing a UFO encounter. <sighs> Because it talks about like these rings within, you know, I can't remember where it was, but saw rings within rings and like there was heads on each ring and like it was in the sky. And I remember a lot of people to this day, you know, obviously still think that that was a depiction of a UFO encounter. So it's not really surprising that he would make that conclusion as well, because a lot of people have. So let's talk about Ashtar. So... Ashtar Sharan, presuming I'm pronouncing that correctly, Sharan, Sharan, what have you, Ashtar. Ashtar, Eugene, Sharan. Sharan, <laughs> yes. Ashtar, Eugene, Sharan. So he's, he's, uh, he is an, so he, he rises to prominence as uh, among those challenge, challenged, channeled beings from space. He, he rises to the top as a particularly popular one. Ashtar is an interdimensional being. So not only is he from outer space, but he's from dimensions beyond what we can presently observe. Outer and dimensional, interdimensional space. Like the so, say. <laughs> so our, bo our boy Ashtar comes onto the scene when he starts telepathically communicating with George in 1952. And this is while George was accessing the Universal Mind of God. 
So, you know, that was the point that, you know, you touch the universal mind of God, then Ashtar is able to talk to you. And, you know, it all makes sense. One follows the other. I wonder, so, what, el- I wonder okay. what else he was accessing, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, let's let's not let's not judge Ashtar's personal preferences. I'm not judging Ashtar. I'm not judging Ashtar. But that's so. Um, when this first uh, contact happens, if you will, between Ashtar and George, this kicks off the um, what's called uh, Ashtar's referred to by some as the first metaphysical superstar of the flying saucer age he's the britney spears huh he is he's the <laughs> Wait, britney spears. that's who you go to britney spears <laughs> leave astral alone Come on, she's a superstar <laughs> okay what about madonna with the point that's hands. better like, <laughs> superstar all the like like britney spears yes she's a he's, he's the elvis megastar he's the elvis of <laughs> metaphysical Oh baby, baby, why are you channeling me? (laughs) I must confess, you will believe. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for. Well, no, this is really sad, but (laughs) I was thinking, like, okay, like a hundred years in the future, somebody's channeling Britney Spears and just like comes through that, like, what? I don't know, off on a tangent. (laughs) I'm so Ashtar, century. (laughs) Ashtar is the leader of the similarly named Ashtar Galactic Command, which is an entire space fleet of interdimensional beings. So he's a megalomaniac and named the Galactic Fleet after himself? The Ashtar Galactic (laughs) Command. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you had your own Galactic Command... You'd this be is... really tempted to put your name on it for. Hold on, I'm thinking. Ashtar, Galactic Command from outer interdimensional space and beyond. Okay, I think exactly. it's got a good ring to it. You know what? It they does. got a great whoever. Ashtar apparently has a great PR person. He does. He really does. So the the other name I've I've heard dropped in this regard is that that this space fleet, this Galactic Command, if you will, they're they're basically a part of the larger. Um, confederation of planets so it's this uh conglomerates of various alien civilizations that have come together and they are represented by the ashtar galactic command okay yeah yeah i'm speechless on that one i'm not yeah, sure I what... <laughs> the so, confe- so they're this, called uh, the confederation of planets uh something of the sorts oh my gosh okay I have... oh yeah okay i i mean I just want a whole backstory, like how did they all meet and all that. Okay, but continue. Yeah, I don't know if we're ready for that interdimensional metaphysical backstory, though, with our simple, unevolved, unascended human minds. Yeah, our brains would explode, probably. Probably. So anyway, so uh, prominent contactees, prominent channelers that attended these weekly powwows at Giant Rock uh, were the ones who basically uh, ran with this whole Ashtar Command concept. So you've got a bunch of them like adopting this concept and just running wild with it. So it's a, Ashtar's, you know, he's getting some popularity going. So uh, just a, a, another name to briefly drop 
as we truck right along. There's this dude named Robert Short, who also goes by Bill Rose because reasons. So he's <laughs> uh, he was an editor of this 50s UFO magazine called the Interplanetary Digest. So basically, he splits off from Van Tassel's group, and and I only mention him because he's sort of like the the main character in this saga who really you know brings the term Astra Command into the mainstream ufology, if you will. So anywho, so we've got Astra taking off, Astra Command, giant rock conventions, thousands of people getting on board with this thing. So by the mid nineteen fifties. This is basically all evolved into this idea that Ashtar is the head of this galactic law enforcement agency, the Galactic Command. So they're space which, cops. They're space cops, yes. Space, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's, there's galactic law enforcement agency, and their purpose was to prepare to rescue humanity. Because, I mean, when are we not in need of rescuing? Well, like, and are we doing things that are impacting them? Is that why they have to be the hot fuzz of the galaxy? Uh, the hot fuzz of the galaxy. Where did so many the names just dropped into this? Just like, <laughs> what are we up to now? Hold on. Hold on. The galactic hot Representing fuzz. the Confederation of Planets. And they're the hot fuzz of space. And Ashtar is played by Simon Pegg. Yes! yes. <laughs> Simon Pegg, if you ever somehow listen to this podcast, I, there I, you I, go. I charge a modest uh, royalty fee. He always, always has to do his plug. He's got to be like... He's got to get that hustle on, okay? This is America. Everybody's got a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. We gotta afford health insurance somehow. Oh my god! Yeah, the thing, man. I want to ascend, so you gotta hustle if you're gonna ascend. Mm-hmm. You want to ascend, then you gotta hustle for the space fuzz. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? I don't I'm know. Space I'm sorry. They, were, they came down. <laughs> you said they were. Yeah, the galactic law enforcement, and they're preparing to to save humanity. That's that's their whole thing. Right. Um, oh, oh. So, so you were saying though, uh, why are they doing this? Is it because you know we're we're having an impact on galactic stuff? Thankfully, right. No, oh. uh, because uh, basically the the rule, their sort of pseudo prime directive is a uh, they don't interfere with us unless what we're doing starts to you know be an imminent threat to our survival, or we start doing things that impact the rest of the galaxy. In which case, <laughs> look, okay. You guys are embarrassing us. That's the reason why like, we cannot <laughs> take this anymore. It's like every time we come to like, shit, what are they doing now? Everybody else is judging us. <laughs> you need to get it together, Earth. Just turn Earth into a parking lot for their spaceships. <laughs> we can't deal with y'all anymore. <laughs> now we're Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another name we're going to touch on just very briefly <laughs> Uh, there are many names we could touch on in the saga, but uh, there's this prominent channeler of this era uh, by the name of Eloise Mueller, uh, who predicted Mueller. that a space fleet would arrive in our neighborhood in the near future, uh, the near future of the 1950s, if you will, 
And uh, another uh, fellow channeler by the name of Adelaide J. Brown uh, jumped onto this bandwagon and claimed that there are other planets in the solar system that had flourishing civilizations. So this is all feeding into this. There's this confederation of planets. There's all these different alien civilizations. This command, galactic command, headed by Astro represents them, so on and so forth. This is all starting to, to cohese together, if you will. Do they work with our government? You know how there are those like conspiracy theories about like our government working with aliens? I'm not sure, especially since they don't communicate in a what you would might think of as a conventional methods. Okay. Um, it's I, all telepathic. I, I've yet to run into uh, such claims, but I wouldn't be surprised. But they thought that. there was also life in our own solar system on other planets? Like Mars or Jupiter? Well, yeah. It was the yes. 1950s, so, I mean, you I'll, know. Okay. <laughs> Could be the moon people, for all you know. <laughs> the moon isn't a planet. It's a moon. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, that doesn't just, mean there couldn't be people on it. There's a civilization on Jupiter. They're just blowing around because they're not. <laughs> just blowing around. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, ah, <laughs> so now we hit a sort of bumpy period in this movement because uh at this point uh as we're moving out of the 50s and into subsequent decades there start popping up a bunch of predictions so you have your typical end timesy kind of stuff you know that the aliens are coming soon yada 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 uh you know the usual fare yeah, you he's, gotta have. Oh it. my god, I cannot with these predictions. And every time the prediction doesn't come past, they're like, "Well, actually, we were wrong, like the last seventeen times." But this time, and everybody goes along with it. It's like, "Oh, okay, maybe this right. time." You're right. So this this becomes uh, problematic, and you know, kind of hurts the movement quite a bit because not only do you have these, you know, predictions springing up here and there, they're failing. And, you know, to come true, obviously. I mean, if you're going to predict something, predict far ahead of the future. You know, you're, you have, need to have a margin of error that you work in. Mm-hmm. Or come that, up that with... was the... Sorry. <laughs> you know how I like to interrupt on accident. Um, or come up with a reason why there was yeah. no end of world. Like, this action happened, so now it's been pushed down. It's been kicked down further. Exactly. exactly. Don't you think it would make more sense to be like, hey, the end of the world is going to happen in 1993, or hey, the end of the world is going to happen in 1994? Ghostbusters to reference. Right. So um, so the predictions don't go so hot, and uh, as a result, you end up getting all these conflicting messages among the followers that are splintering off in all these different directions. It's a, it is a dark time for the movement. Uh, meanwhile, there is uh, a theme that crops up. The uh, various people start referring to what they call ascended masters. And these are basically figures that appear in spacesuits. So the, oh. these are these are going to be like members of Galactic Fleet who show up in a physical form in spacesuits to come and visit you. So this becomes a popular concept during this period. I've heard of Ascended Masters and like Jesus and like Buddha are Ascended Masters. I've I mean, not heard space aliens in onesies as Ascended right, Masters. Right, but this, this, isn't, this isn't in disagreement. I mean, of course, Jesus mm-hmm. is an Ascended Master because he touched 
the universal mind of God. That's true. Yeah. 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 Along with Ashtar. Hell, Ashtar. So, uh, so anyway, we have Ascended uh, Masters, Pyramid Spacesuits. So now we move uh, into the next decade. So as the 50s go into the 60s, we start having more and more people claiming that they've also come into contact with Ashtar, who is one of these Ascended Masters. And uh, at this point, we've gotten past our failing predictions. <laughs> it has survived the spites, the harm that all that did. And now it is starting to evolve into a centralized movement instead of being all this splintered off narratives and stuff. And it uh, gets more and more cohesive up until around the mid 90s. Oh, that's a good stretch. I'm yeah, not yeah. surprised <clears throat> that they would, especially during the 60s, because what's happening during the 60s, the American space race. And yeah. so, like, it's everywhere like in the news on tv everywhere so that's not surprising at all that they would suddenly be i would actually i wouldn't i would actually expect there like to be a spike in the 60s because Indeed. of all that well whatever the case may be they got their act together stopped splintering off had a more centralized unified thing going on so, so now, oh sorry oh, now that right now that Ashtar is one of the ascended masters, does that mean people are saying they actually see him or are they still just channeling him? Oh, this is all still channeling. <laughs> oh, okay. Just uh, more people are into, more people are channeling Ashtar now. Okay. Not just, uh, not just George. He's really yeah. getting around. Yeah, Ashtar's getting around. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, old. Old. He's, he's coming out of his shell. He's, he's shedding his introversion. Yeah, he's, he's, he's starting to get around. It's Bravo, Ashtar. Everybody's channeling Ashtar now. <laughs> well, you know, he's had a few decades. He's gotten used to things. Mm -hmm. He's gotten used to talking to people. Sense. Good for you, Ashtar. Way to so, go, buddy. So, so during the 90s, uh, another figure by the name of Tuella, and I don't know if I am pronouncing that right at all. Um, I only have the single name, so that was kind of a mystery to me. Um, but this is another just passing figure uh, footnote here. But the reason I bring that individual up is because uh, they helped bring about Guardian Action International. Is this a human or an alien? This is a human. <laughs> okay. Because uh, they founded Guardian, uh, or she founded Guardian Action International when Ashtar approached her with a special mission. Oh, she's publish... the chosen one. Yes. Ashtar Somebody, gave her the mission favorite. to publish several <laughs> books throughout the 1980s. Okay. So that was her thing, and that culminated in the foundation of Guardian Action International. I'm going to have to read these books. Indeed. Yeah, I'm kind of interested too now. So by this point, the belief system uh, involving Ashtar has, has evolved to a point that at the core of it is this belief that there is a uh, humans are going to evolve or transform primarily via technology. So, uh, and as a result, as humans evolve via their via technology, uh, we will eventually will those of us who ascend will I presume leave Earth for a bit, but then come back to Earth to enjoy a golden millennium or a golden age if you will so we're gonna like transfer our consciousness to a floppy disk they're gonna take out into space floppy 
I mean, what's it being? What the is 80s? this the 1980s? Yes, yes, floppy disk. It is. Yeah, I mean, CD if you're lucky. Get that? I'm Wi-Fi. Okay, so what happens during this golden age? I'm dying to know. Are we in the wait? Are we in the golden age? We are not. It it <sighs> is still it is still in our future yet to come. That's, you want a that's where we're disc? all heading. Okay, we're all heading to the golden age. So, um, so the next chapter kicks off with a uh, yet another individual by the name of Yvonne Cole, and Yvonne claims to have channeled Ashtar. Uh, during around 1986 and Yvonne predicted the destruction of all earth civilizations and the arrival of number different various aliens in 1994 oh so we were yeah. supposed to be decimated already yeah des- yeah our, our earth civilizations were supposed to have collapsed and we were supposed to be powwowing I'm starting to think that Ashtar will tell you whatever he needs to so he can channel you. Hey, is <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Channeling oh, is not an easy thing. So a lot of these are women too. Is he like making moves on them, just like trying to get their company? <laughs> like so it's funny you say that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> because if you, from... if you do a Google image search, and, and I encourage you to do so. Is he hot? <laughs> I mean, he is this like this this like almost uh uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, Lord of the Ringsish, El- <gasps> you know, Legolas-looking, long, long-haired. Wow. I'm in it. Okay, I'm looking skin. this up. <laughs> Listen, I'm an interdimensional being, and if you want to know about the <laughs> oh end of God. the world, why don't you and me channel a little bit, have some like, wine, the talk girls are a like little, fanning themselves. Yeah, <laughs> he is <laughs> definitely oh played by Orlando Bloom. Also, I definitely look like Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Oh my hey gosh, there. you are so right. It looks like he's yes. getting married to an old man in one of these. So, what is happening? Well, there's uh, a lot of things you, that happen. With you really like life choices. Maybe they are in love. <laughs> well, you're as like beautiful Jack, as Ashtar. It looks like he's marrying Jack Nicholson in one of these images. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. This guy's, the guy's a looker, you know? I don't Did think you see one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jack Nicholson's a babe, but. Wow. Yeah, he does look like Legolas. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately, or or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that prediction didn't come through. But uh, but the the movement carries on. And uh, oh oh, I had forgotten about this detail. This is this is uh back to your point, Christina. Uh, there was also a claim during the nineties that there were governments working with extraterrestrials to prepare for contact, Sweet. and the landing. So the landing was one of the one of the upcoming events. The landing, uh, yes. So the so the government, so go- various governments of the world are talking to ETs. They they're getting messages from the Galactic Command, and there's this prediction that there's going to be a, a landing, of which you know first contact, and then a, a grand message from Galactic Command would be broadcast to all the world. And in the meantime, and and I and this is probably still something predicted to yet happen i'm guessing since it obviously didn't happen in the 90s but uh so a number of ashtar followers as we prepare for the landing a number of human ashtar followers would serve as advisors ambassadors and peacekeepers during the evolution that follows the landing 
So the follow, if you're an Ashtar follower, you know, you could get a pretty good job post landing. Promoting within, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm doing what Christina was doing. I'm looking at pictures or depiction of Ashtar. Why are they always blonde haired, blue eyed, clean shaven? Like, I just want to see a DD that looks like Danny DeVito, you know? But there's definitely <laughs> some interdimensional white privilege going on here. Yeah. Something fierce. Yeah, yeah you think. Like so, I am Ashtar and I am perfection, blonde hair, blue eyes. Right, right. I mean, he's kind of looking space Nazi, if you ask me. <laughs> That's what I was I, thinking. I, <laughs> my suspicions are up. Like, I, if history has taught Nazis. us anything, when blonde-eyed, blue-eyed people, blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair-skinned people start, uh, excluding myself, start running around claiming to ascend humanity like there there's going to be some bad stuff you're not going to like it there's going to be some final solutions that we're not yeah man it's not the solutions you're looking for yeah or like the space Space gestapo Gestapo. yeah yeah just saying but uh ashtar's gonna ashtar so uh now we're we're moving past the 90s into the internet's so oh, with the dawn of the internet, the Ashtar movement goes online. And this uh this kind of becomes a renewed boon for the movement because with the coming of age to the internet, this uh this movement becomes unified and sort of develops an orthodoxy. So this is when it truly starts getting like a cohesive message. There's like a single centralized authoritative source. Like so, oh. it's it's taking all of these splintered messages and and writing them in, writing them in. Okay, so we so now have some Ashtar orthodoxy. Some, the cult part is like really forming yeah. into one unit. The yeah. internet has a, a an extraordinary ability to do that. There's something I was gonna say. This reminds me of something uh, Doctor uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said once. Um, he's like the internet came along. And with no manual on how to uh, navigate it. And so you have this one person with this insane idea. And he finds another person with the same insane idea. And then they start to think we're on to something. Rather than realizing they're both just full of shit. And so I feel like that's what's happening here. But on a much grander scale. Well, as the, as the, as the message is becoming cohesive. And we now have a central authority. They managed to address all these conflicting prophecies and failed predictions. And as a result, they produce like this just singular unified worldview. They so so they go through and address all, all the messy stuff, get that cleaned up and get a cohesive message that get that can stand on its own. And one of the ways it does this is that a uh, it addresses some of the channel some of the channelers who uh, aren't adhering to the orthodoxy, and so channelers who deviate from the centralized group, the centralized orthodoxy, they're declared invalid, and the message is basically like these rogue channelers are being deceived by other space be- beings who have rebelled against the galactic command. Not Ned again. So, what are the rules? Like, what, what are these channelers doing that they're like, oh my god, they're breaking all these rules? This is not Ashtar. I, I have no idea. I, this is going to take some even further rabbit holing to 
dig down into what exactly the orthodoxy is. And, I just and hope that they. Know. I just hope that they, the the ones that were all pro Ashtar, just got together and be like these rebel scum. Yes. It's like. Wait, wait, wait! So we have we have an Aryan Ashtar with the Galactic (laughs) Peacekeeping Command. Oh my god! Who are decrying rebels? Yep. His followers are like, actually, Ashtar has a German accent. Okay. I mean, (laughs) which ones have which colored lightsabers is my next question. That's pretty much, yeah. These are space Nazis. That's what this is. I don't know. So, anywho, uh, at this point, uh, there's basically the standard rule is no future channels going forward will be accepted unless they're operated on the level of the soul having complied with 12 guidelines i don't know what these 12 guidelines are mind you i just know that there are 12 guidelines okay and if you're if your channeling is following these 12 guidelines then you're channeling on the level of the soul and you are cool you are orthodox I mean, you gotta okay. hand it to them. It's a pretty good system for making sure that people just don't, you know, come up with crazy ideas and deviate off. Oh the path. yeah, <laughs> that would be too. Crazy. Yeah, we don't want to get crazy <laughs> with this, right? It's pretty smart, if you ask me. So, anywho, uh, our, our orthodox conclusion at this point is there are millions of spaceships in the vicinity of our little blue planet. What? Yes, millions. They're invisible, ships. remember? They're invisible. Except for when they're not. So there are millions of spaceships around Earth, but they'll never interfere with the surface with the surface of Earth unless there's a serious problem. Say, for instance, a World War III or an astrophysical catastrophe. Those are kind of the scenarios in which the Galactic Command will step in and, and, and get it straightened out. There are millions of ships just creeping on us. Sounds they're like large just... they're, they're just licking, licky loose. Maybe they're, maybe they're nice it's... creepers. Don't they have anything else to do? <laughs> millions. I, I guess if we're like the only civilization left that hasn't gotten its act together, they don't have anything else to do. Maybe oh we're like a, maybe we're like along the space highway and they like stop because we're like a detraction. Calm down, slow down, check it out. Here's that. Look at these. Crazy we're we're flyover planet. We're flyover <laughs> planet. Like. Lock your doors, okay? We don't want to go down there. But let's look. Man, they're weird down there. Look at what they're doing. They're hanging out under a big giant rock. Who does that? I don't know. I mean, I can't argue that point. So now we move on to 1994 and what's called the Pioneer Voyage. So... So we're re- we're going to rewind just a tad back into the 90s. Uh, so in 94, there's this small group of followers that claim that the liftoff experience has already occurred. And they know this because they themselves have been aboard ships of light that have been circling the Earth. So not so- only are there millions of ships, they're ships of light, if you will. So these are just, these are people saying they were abducted? No, 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 no. They have been aboard, but not, not abducted. This is a, this is nice. This is friendly. Oh, they got consent. They, okay. they, they were guests. 
Okay, the aliens got consent. They just didn't yes. snatch you. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> These are not the type of aliens that snatch you. They're they very down. polite. They're very polite, very chill folks. <laughs> just Hello there. They're space Canadians. Would you like to come aboard and uh, take part in our alien soiree? We have fondue. We have yeah, Romulan maybe they're basically alien. space Canadians. Hey there, you want to go on up to the... No disrespect to Canadians, actually. I love Canada. <laughs> but, you know, so far we've had... We've gone from the Galactic uh, Space Command, Space Cops, Space Fuzz, Space Hot Fuzz, Space Nazis, Space Pioneers, and now we're Space Canadians. Like, yeah, we can't, we can't decide. <laughs> all over the place. Okay, so you're so probably wondering... How did these humans get aboard the ships, especially if they're, you know, not really tied to our observable dimensions, right? Oh, that's easy. Floppy disk. That, 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 <laughs> would, be, that would be one approach. But uh, it is getting into the 90s, though. We're starting, you know, CDs? We're more advanced to just, doing CDs, just floppy disks. Yeah, yeah. are those mixed CDs we used to make? <sighs> so the Galactic Fifth Fleet used this... Uh, phenomenon called physical vibrational transfer and this uh this vibrational transfer is basically involves the human consciousness being raised from the physical dimension and transferred to the light ships so they died uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure they, I pre they come back so no, it's just so an nde it was, it was a digital uh, download yeah, probably more like an out-of-body experience, if I'm guessing. Hmm. You know, you come back, you're all right. Yeah. You're not so good. You're, so you just drop down, but meanwhile, your consciousness is like, hey, would you like some assorted cheeses? Yeah, what they do on the ship? Yeah, what they do on the ship? Of light. Of light, I'm sorry. They had to like, you know, like, <laughs> so here's my mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing house You're just like, this is great. <laughs> think i love it you like it yeah <laughs> so uh following this liftoff experience later the same year of 94 250 people participated in a second event in which they opened a portal to the ashtar command ships forever so the portal is opened. It is staying open. We got an open portal cool. to the ships. So did all these 250 people work, like know each other? Or are these like 250 cases like or claims that came out, but all over the place? Hell if I know. Just that 250 people. Who knows? Who okay, knows? so a portal's open. A portal's open like, forever, if you through. will. Apparently. So, so participants here, they were required... So these 250 people, okay, the requirement was they had to have their vibrations raised through an eight-step contemplative procedure, a meditation, if you will. And so the voyage occurs during this eight-step contemplative meditation, and then it's later revealed to these folks. Uh, so, so basically, you do the meditation, the voyage happens during the meditation, but you don't remember it immediately. So you come out of the meditation as like, oh, well, that was boring and everything seems normal. But later, at some point, uh, these folks have what's called a memory recall. 
and basically the memories of their time aboard the ship are come back to them in due time oh okay so are these eight steps on youtube so i can do it <laughs> I, that that is the million dollar question. I mean, we've got we need we so we need to find the twelve guidelines to make sure that uh, we channel at the level of the soul, and then we need to to find the eight steps to do our contemplative meditation to vibrate ourselves into the light ships. <laughs> vibrate ourselves, <laughs> but they better not be space Nazis because if if that's well, the case, I'm going to really be really bummed <laughs> that no, I did all this work. This- this is really weird, and we'll talk about this because this is sounding a lot like the hemi-sync method that I was going to talk about. The Hoosie-Watsie method? The, hemi, the hemi-sync method. It's the gateway experience, um, and we'll talk more about that in a future episode when I do it, but that's the same does thing. Does he that, hell Ashtar? Well, the thing is, this is what he's he talked about. Is he a rebel? Because you have to be careful. <laughs> It's just that he talked, he does this and there is a... Don't let him lead, lead you astray, Chris. I won't. I'm, I won't. Because you'll never be vibrated onto a ship of white but if you're, you follow he a talked guy about who's deviated. This, he talked about the same things. Vibrations, that his body would start to vibrate. He was able to astral project. And and yeah, so I'm a little like, whoa. Okay, that's an interesting coincidence. It's all about vibrations. Yeah, that'll be a good next episode. Is that what your next topic, Chris? Or is it? Yeah, Robert? and his, his okay. name was Robert Monroe. Okay, cool. And yeah, so, so you're hearing the truth this episode, but beware <laughs> the potential false teachings that deviate from the actual Long orthodoxy next episode. The Rebel Alliance. <laughs> so, one thing to keep in mind throughout all of this is a. Uh, as uh, in the words of the doctor, everything is very timey-wimey, if you will. So, so there's a lot of like time is relative kind of stuff going on here. And I say that because even though the time spent in meditation is relatively brief, the time on the ships was extensive. Oh, so how spent, long? Uh, I haven't seen an actual figure. It's just the generally say they spent a long time on the ships though that they spent a short time meditating okay they were like i fell asleep for 10 minutes but i was up there a thousand years yeah yeah apparently mm-hmm. it's pretty convenient it's, it's a good nap makes, it kind of makes really sense if you think about it's really like good sleep, power you know it's like sleep you have no perception of time at all and it's like when you wake up you're like only seconds have passed and you're like what but actually yeah. hours went by exactly so these two liftoff events they basically occur on a spiritual or etheric dimension, if you will. And this is basically the, the goal that they have for all of us. This is our, they want the entire human race to ascend in this manner. So basically these individual, these 250 ascensions are a, a precursor, sort of a, 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 a setting some examples to go by, if you will. So that the rest of us can follow suit in time. So the collective ascension to come will be aided by large electric grids that are deployed around Earth by all these guardianships, by this galactic fleet. Oh, that's why they need millions, huh? That's that's why we have 5G. So they can trap us in a giant net. (laughs) So so if... 
all these crazy people saying it was to put tracking devices in us and do a COVID thing or whatever. No, boy, it's about the galactic fleet preparing us to ascend. Man, a bunch of negative Nancys. It's all about (laughs) ascension. Come on, get with it. Of course it is. (laughs) So, uh, you might be asking yourselves at this point, it's like, gee, all these decades later, I, I really wish there was like a modern... Uh, authority we could go to 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 learn about Ashtar today. You'd be I in do. luck <laughs> because there is. Yay! Uh, I gotta oh, start my joy. journey somewhere. <laughs> so so our last leg of today's episode is uh, is my favorite part and the and the the main events that I was building up to. Uh, so enter Daryl Anka. A-N-K-A, Anka, I'm presuming you're pronouncing that. Daryl Anka. Uh, we're not going to talk about Daryl, actually, because Daryl doesn't really, he's not really the main character here. Daryl is the physical human vessel through which Bashar talks to us. There's another one, Bashar. Yes, okay. Bashar is a, uh, well, let me just uh, grab a snippet here from Bashar's own website. Uh, not to be confused with Daryl. This is right. Bashar's website. Right. Uh, Bashar.org for the curious. Okay. To quote, Bashar is a physical ET, a friend from the future, who has spoken for the past 37 years through channel Daryl Lanka. He has brought through a wave of, sorry, he has brought through a wave of new information that clearly explains in detail how the universe works and how each person creates the reality they experience. Over the years, thousands of individuals have had the opportunity to apply these principles and see that they really work to change their lives and create the reality they desire. Overwhelmingly, the response we receive is this works. Of course they do. <laughs> Rave review. This works. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> so there's a, the, I found that the best way to, to acquaint yourself with uh, Bashar, not Daryl. Daryl's the, the physical human through which Bashar's channel. He's just but the meat suit. He's okay. just the meat suit, if you will. Um, thank you, Daryl, for your sacrifice. Uh so uh, you can Thanks, find man. a Facebook titled The Real Bashar. It's helpful because this way it's not confused with the various other, you know, fake pretend Bashars. This the is posers. the real Bashar. Yeah. yeah. The, the authentic Bashar. So he's got a Facebook page and he regularly posts videos uh, in which uh, Bashar is channeled through Daryl and he communicates with all of us. So you can go to his cool. Facebook page and watch these videos and, and mm-hmm. hear and hear the words of Bashar yourself. Uh, Bashar being, you know, he's he's one of Ashtar's boys. You know, he's he's one of the galactic. Oh, okay. Is this part of the orthodoxy? Are we still co- we are still good here? I am assuming so. I haven't <laughs> found anything decrying Bashar, and everything he said has seemed on point with everything else I've encountered thus far. So, uh. Bashar is nothing short of amazing. 
and you have to you have to watch this guy's videos uh to just appreciate to appreciate Bashar man so 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 what happens when one of these uh videos is posted uh Bashar through Daryl uh we see Daryl on screen he has his eyes closed and he's sort of forming he has his hands resting sort of in an upside triangle formation if you will oh you know down in his belly uh and uh every video begins with this transmission is titled and then the title of the of the speech or what have you but every video begins with this transmission is titled it's 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 amazing and uh so man this guy is a gold mine a gold mine of information about Ashtar and the Galactic Command that I cannot cram into an episode so I'm just going to give you guys some highlights wait is Bashar a gossip is he spilling the tea about Ashtar finally are we going <laughs> to know the real the true Ashtar let me tell you about Ashtar whoa I don't mean to gossip a little bit but Bashar gets around if you know what I mean. No, no, no. Our boy Bashar, he's a he's a teacher. He's sort of a sage okay. figure, instilling wisdom of Ashtar to us all. So okay. uh now I'm limited as to why I can share it because unfortunately, um, you gotta pay to see some of these videos. You know, it, channeling Bashar sure. takes effort and work. Mm-hmm. And, you gotta you gotta keep the lights on when you yeah yeah Bashar, some gotta right? pay those bills yeah because what else is daryl going to be doing for a job when the uh, is <laughs> running the body yeah that, so well, that is a question that i had is bashar always running his body or does he just like daryl come in and out of channeling? that is my question as well and i'm assuming and hoping it's the latter yeah but, uh, but we only ever see bashar on video we never seen i have never seen an open-eyed you know, normal talking Daryl. It's always been, you know, uh, you know, Bashar. Okay. I can imagine it'd be hard for Daryl to find a job. He's like, okay, here's my resume, my video resume. It's a transmission from an alien, <laughs> Bashar. <laughs> and this is why I can't come in to work today. <laughs> so let me let me just drop some some random tidbits that I've learned from from Bashar's transmissions to Earth. Uh, Akashic records. That is to say, uh, information about our boy Ashtar. Uh, Akashic records are accessible to anyone, to any of us, as long as we vibrate at the right frequency. That's the key. That's the oh. key to all of this. You gotta vibrate the right frequency. So you have you to cannot be, quiet. be off. Them. No, no, you cannot be off. <laughs> you have to be quiet. You have to be calm. And then you have to vibrate with that information and share your excitement for it. That's how you tune your vibrations. You're focusing, you're focusing on the information you want and you're channeling your excitement for the information to, to tune your vibration. You got to really hype it up. Okay. I've heard of the Akashic records and that's just like knowledge about everything. Like, right. Like how the yes. universe works, like yes. anything you could ever want to know. Okay. Yes, exactly. Exactly. A boring life. I've never heard of this. Oh, me neither. Although uh, this whole, like I said, this whole channeling at a certain frequency, that was whole, that was Robert Monroe's whole thing that I'm going to talk about. Like all of that. Yeah. I'm sure it's a, you know, false 
teaching deviating oh from the galactic God. command hail Ashtar. yeah sure, sure so so your so your next inevitable question is of course going to be if anyone can vibrate and get this information can these records be twisted can you relay the can, can you get incorrect information on accident as you're vibrating Bashara is quick to tell us no that cannot happen so when you encounter information that seems uh, conflicting or doesn't make sense, you know, in context with the rest of what you know, that just means that uh, these variations are the consequence of you connecting with the records of an alternate universe. I love it. Uh, multiverse, Akashic oh, Records. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the. So, we're going to talk about the multiverse in a future episode. So, so, so information may seem conflicting, but that's just because it would be conflicting if it's in the same universe. It's just, it's different universes. You just got to, you got to pay attention to which universe you're connected to, or you're going to get confused. So, as I said, you can buy recordings of his live streams, which, kind of confuses me because it's not a live stream if you're buying a recording. But anyway, you buy recordings of his live streams on his site, you can learn all sorts of these truths, such as what really happened to Atlantis. <gasps> so to give you a little preview of that, <laughs> many Atlanteans had a lot of something or another blood. And I say something or another because I, I heard him say it and I cannot... I cannot regurgitate and pronounce that word to save my life. It was some fancy, spanchy ancient word. We'll just say but it was Aquaman blood. I, I'm just assuming alien. He so was Momoan blood. Jason Momoan so, blood. That, that would explain it. But so many Atlantans had a lot of this supposedly alien blood, and they survived the fate that befell Atlantis. And what fate actually befell Atlantis was a comet. So this comet appeared in the sky for months before it actually made impact and washed Atlantis away as a tsunami. So that's what happened. Wait, so are some of us descended from Atlanteans? Well, I didn't I didn't pay for the video. So oh, man. my, my knowledge is, is extremely is. limited. So it's pay per video and not like a membership or something like that. I, I'm not aware of a membership. I it looked like per video to me, but mm -hmm. I, I can't say I was uh, especially thorough through the payment options of the site, to be fair. Bashar's really uh, nickel and diamond us here. Okay. You got it. You do what you got to do. He's not going back to that shoe shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to so, have to vibrate up to the Akashic Records myself then. <laughs> so uh, another question you might have for Bashar and Ashtar and the like is, uh, does reincarnation happen? Yes, does it? Does it? I must know. No. Aww. So to speak. No, 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 hold on, hold on. So to speak. Lame. Reincarnation doesn't actually happen, but it appears to happen because you think about it in a linear way. So so what we understand as reincarnation is just an illusion because all things exist simultaneously. Oh, so we're like our spirits are in multiple bodies all at the same time. Yeah, every, everything happens all at the same time and all at the same place. Okay, I can get on yeah. board. Yeah, so I'm happy to clear that one up. We could close the book on, we could close the chapter on reincarnation right off the bat. Thank you. Yeah, finally answered once and for all. 
So uh, let me let me uh, as we head toward close, I, I want to share one of my favorite morsels of wisdom. So um, I'm going to do some equipment here. So bear with me. So one of these videos, and this is uh, thankfully one of the free ones, is a little bit of a he does uh, Bashar does some Q and A's sometimes from from lucky viewers. So uh, basically, one of the viewers had posted a question that was a. Uh, uh, regarding past life regression. <gasps> yes. Yes. So she's she refers to this book that she had been reading that makes the claim that if a person, a personality, a spirit uh, needs to master a certain experience, that according to the book, that spirit must come back to the physical realm with no choice in the matter. You've got to bring that spirit back in order to master the experience that you're looking for. So she's asking Bashar, is this true? And uh, there's this concept of the oversoul. So she's asking, does the oversoul choose all of our experiences or are there those with which we must, sorry, are there experiences which we must complete? So, so basically as we're looking to master experiences, are some of them optional or are some of them like mandatory? Yeah, good question. Great question, right? And Ready the for the answer? Yeah. The answer is yes. going to satisfy this one once for all. So I'm going to quote uh, verbatim, if you will. So just bear with me for a second. Bashar tells us, there is relevance to certain things happening within a certain definition of an oversoul. And that means the souls in that oversoul are relevant to that oversoul and that the higher minds relevant to those souls also have certain things that are relevant to the definition of those souls and oversouls. And the personalities will have certain themes relevant to that oversoul's theme. So it's not that the oversoul chooses it. It's just an extension of what the oversoul is that extends into what the soul is and what the higher mind is for that particular personality and what that personality is because of what the oversoul is as its ultimate definition, as its primal core definition. Glad to clear that up for you. Okay, Bashar serving word salads for dinner. Okay, it's a good thing that we <laughs> like, didn't. What? I'm glad we it's didn't a play word the... salad to you because you're thinking about it in a linear way. No, I'm uh, glad yes. we didn't. I'm just glad we didn't play the drinking game. Take a shot every time he says soul. Oh, we'd be trashed. I'd be <laughs> throwing <laughs> up. <laughs> and that's when Christina died of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I cannot tell you how many times I had to pause and rewind that video to get that quote down. Oh my god, I'm, I'm just like, and when somebody's I like, don't I don't it. get it. Well, you're just think, you're just too linear, I guess. Yes, you need to thinking. vibrate your soul up higher. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe if you were a little bit more eighth dimension, like the rest of us, but you're not fifth dimension. You're vibrating green. I need you to vibrate blue. Okay. Fifth yeah. dimension, Chris. Don't overshoot it. I just want somebody to be like. <laughs> Like, You're trying to go ludicrous speed over there. Like, shut your mouth, Daryl. <laughs> you don't call me Daryl. Hey, oh, Bashar. Like, hey, Bashar. Daryl. So, uh, about those misunderstandings when we think we hear like word salad or something. So, basically, he uh, a theme he runs with is uh, a lot of misunderstandings are due to us existing within a limited time and space and split among a, and, and that basically our, our consciousness is split among a conscious, 
a subconscious and an unconscious. But in the beyond. Basically, he's just like, it's not that I'm bullshitting you. (laughs) It's just the fact that you don't get it. He's going to just basically intergalactic gaslight you is what he is. Yeah. You you just don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking, it's not me. It's you. Okay. It's your fault. (laughs) It's well, if it fault. helps, he's not really condescending about it. He's very hopeful. They never that are. We don't They're get like, it they, yet, but we like, will. It's like you you'll get it eventually. And eventually it won't <laughs> sound like a bunch of garbage twisting everything around to just confuse you. One day you'll get it. Well, well, well let me let me finish. Sorry. Before before you start hating on the hating on the, the game here. See, so whereas right now. We exist within a limited time and space. And right now we're split among a conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. In the beyond, we will experience. So as we transition to the beyond, we'll experience a life review because everything exists all at once. So as we're moving to the beyond, we're going to experience our conscious, subconscious, and unconscious minds all at once and all of our experiences all at once but don't worry because you might think you know that having a life review like this is going to cause some anxieties you're looking back on all your mistakes and trip ups and and things you did your misdeeds but don't worry don't worry about that you're not going to be anxious because there's nothing to fear because you only absorb it as knowledge and experience so it's basically just going to be one big aha i get it now once you experience all of this, you know, okay. you'll look at this at the at the horrible screw ups you've done, and it's like, oh, I understand that to be a screw up now. I am thus a better being, having understood this. I've heard that in in other belief systems as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that, and I like that. I, I do actually like that part. Hey, you want to know about karma? Yeah, sure. Because Bashar's got some things to tell us about karma. Come on, Bashar. Thank you. So, so, (laughs) so, so, first, tell me what what your understanding of karma is. What is karma? You get you get what you put out. Yeah, Uh that's what I think too. So, is that a question? Is that what I think? To Bashar again. (laughs) To quote Bashar again, for a long time. People on your planet have misunderstood the meaning of that word, karma. So, so Bashar tells us that karma, and he starts going back to like the original Sanskrit meaning of the word karma. It just means action. And actions are the language of the physical reality. So karma boils down to the actions you take to rebalance yourself if you find you've taken some action to take yourself out of balance. So what you might call consequences or getting your just, your just desserts or whatever, it's just rebalancing. Mm-hmm. You've okay. fallen out of balance. The, the karma is getting you back in balance by whatever means necessary. Okay. So karma is synonymous with free will because you're taking the actions to rebalance your life. Okay. Okay. So with that, my friends, that is everything I have in summary of uh, Ashtar, 
his galactic command and his pal Bashar. Ashtar and Bashar, or Ashtar and Bashar. El Ashtar. El Ashtar. Okay. So are are you guys ready to ascend? Are you ready to vibrate? I'm ready to vibrate out this bitch. Let's go. Yeah, man. (laughs) Let's vibrate on out that door. We're going to vibrate into a golden age. Into a golden age of floppy disks. With (laughs) floppy disks. With space Bowie. I mean, (laughs) or whatever he is with the space cops into internet. At least he's a sexy space cop. He looks like a space. He's all yeah. He he looks like a space a sexy space cop, but unfortunately, he channels around. So he channels around. Hey, when you got that level of interdimensional sex appeal, (laughs) you know, don't (laughs) look, man. Don't hate the interdimensional player. Hate the the interdimensional game. Game. Yeah. Wow. I really want to show you guys this picture that I'm looking at. Yeah. Show it to us. Share we'll have my to. Screen. We we need to post it on our show notes. Yeah, we'll post that on our show notes. That'll be great. <laughs> oh, the host has disabled participant screen sharing, so I can't show you. Oh no! Let me see if I can fix that. Uh. 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 uh okay, you're the host now. Oh, now you're oh. the host. I'll just that's give a, you all the power. That's all a lot power. of power. I don't know if Jeez I'm ready all. for this responsibility. Okay. Can you yes. Is that Biden? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it looked like Jack Nicholson, kind of. <laughs> Is it Jack Nicholson and Biden? Is it a <laughs> gestalt? What, what, what are the little people here? What the? I don't know. Meeting with Ashtar Sharon, commander of the Grand Cosmic Squadron. To discuss the evacuation plan for planet Earth. Yeah, maybe that is Joe Biden. <laughs> oh like... my God. <laughs> so all the aliens are fair skinned. Oh no, we have a redhead. Redheads are the, the fairest skin, like they're they're bleach white. They this... can't, my wife can't go outside for more than 10 minutes without getting say burned. They're not all blonde. They're not they're not There's... all strictly Aryan. Oh, no, there's I mean, like, this well, purple one right here. Yeah. They, they have some Irish aliens among them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that purple one, uh-huh. he's standing right in front of this one figure and it looked like he had alien ears for a second, like antennas. But that's just the V. Oh, yeah. But I was like, what? We get antennas? Like, <laughs> we are the egg people. Come, let us love you. Let us take you away and vibrate into your souls. Hell, Ashtar. This, this picture... Ashtar, my old friend, I've missed you so much. Oh, where have you been so long? It has been so many years. Yes, it has. I have missed you. Yeah, I missed you too. Let's catch up. How's how's Galakar and your 17 other wives? Oh, boy. I need a drink. We don't call them wives <laughs> as you do in your linear physical dimension. Is that is that going to be the new diss? Like, you're so linear. You're just so linear. You don't get it. You don't vibrate. The you way don't I do. vibrate. I think people already say that. So, <laughs> now, now, now to be fair, if there there are any uh, Ashtar listeners in the audience, it's like I, I I don't I don't want to hate on the Ashtar yeah. folks because because uh, all th- all things considered, 
like these are like all their messages are about you know universal love and experience uh, love and acceptance of everybody and the the galactic ships they they have no weapons like they they defend themselves with their thoughts and intentions they have no need for weapons they're they're not violent they can blow people up with their minds and they're they're chill i'm with you if there's any people listening that are actually followers of of ashtar I apologize. I'm not trying to be. I mean, it's okay. I should just I, say I have it's a bear with you. It's it's yeah. I'll 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 have a drink with you and hear you out. Like, and I and and I yes. I'm just. It's a lot to take in. You gotta you gotta at least admit that. Like that's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And uh, I, I play some crazy things. I'll trade some tit for tat. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, you know. You look at like you look at Christianity and it's like we believe in like some guy parting a sea and walking between it and you know virgin births and uh raising the dead and all that. I mean, I mean so do they. Yeah. Be fair. So because yeah, they're I mean, they're just the scented beans. So I mean no, start. well, cool beans. That's so that wraps up episode <laughs> three. <laughs> I don't know where to go after that. I'm just like I don't either. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, episode three in the can may your vibrations be fruitful may your vibrations uh be fruitful yes hail ashtar hail ashtar uh tune in for our next episode on october the 25th uh where we will continue our discussions into the strange and mysteries and unknown um if you have any questions please feel free to email us at littlepodcasthorrors at gmail.com and we'll be placing uh something you know we'll try to put some things into the uh into the uh, show notes and um yeah but try not to ask your questions in a linear way or do i mean you know whichever we accept it we accept all questions um and then of course if you liked uh enjoyed the show uh uh, give us a follow and uh, and uh, yeah, and share us around. Pass yes. us around to your friends. Yes, like channel yes. spread <laughs> spread the word of Ashtar. Channel us around, you know. Be like, <laughs> vibrate with us. Mm-hmm. Any last words, James? Hell, Ashtar.